hey, 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 welcome to another episode of Stoop Stories. Really excited, man. It's snowing outside today. In April. In April, so that means something. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Maybe you should enlighten me. Well, I have no idea either, <laughs> but I know I've got a vest on, and Nathan's been roasting me about wearing a vest in April, but it's snowing outside. It means something, and well, actually, I know what it means. Man, when it's snowing outside and it's freezing cold, that in itself will get you off the stoop and put you in the house. Mm. So we're definitely off the stoop today, and I'm excited about our episode today uh, because it's about something that's really important. You know, I've learned in life that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And most often, we're brought up scared to ask questions. Okay. Not asking the questions we need to get access to what we want out of life. So we're fortunate to be sitting here today with the CEO of Southwind, Mr. Heron, Josh Heron. And man, we've got a lot of questions to ask you. Oh God! Yeah, so can't wait to hear them. You got it, man. Nathan, I want to ask you to put something in in uh, the the line here for people to shoot some questions over to us here at Southwind HQ to myself, Josh, uh, Tyler, whomever, so that we can answer those questions. Because the only way you can win at life is by asking questions and getting some answers from someone who's a little bit further with a different perspective than you have. Okay, so are yeah, you I'd ready agree with that? Are yep. you ready for this? Yeah, there's a lot right. of questions. Yeah, I appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to hopefully helping helping everybody on the that's listening to the podcast right now. You you never know if I could say something that could maybe change the way someone perceives something. I think that would be great. Yeah, yeah, you know. So before before we start, I want to make sure that we're aligned everywhere that I go and every everybody that I've come across in my experience in life, they say they want more if I ask the question to an audience. Mm-hmm. Whether it's more money, more revenue in their business, more freedom in their life, more balance, more access to resources, the answer is always yes, I want more. And here's what I know to be true. If your thought process doesn't align with people who have more, then you ain't going to get it. And I, I, I look at you as someone who has a lot of things that people say they want. Is that fair to say? Yeah. You know, I, I think that's fair, you know, and, and you're a very humble guy. So I appreciate you being vulnerable and, and sure. open to answering questions sure. and letting us know what's actually inside <laughs> your mind. Because guess what? If you want more for your life than you have right now, um, man, if your thought process doesn't align with what Josh Heron here is saying, man, you, you might not be on track to getting it. And here's how I know. Uh, this is a yes or no question. The first one. Mr. Heron, at one point in your life, could you maybe have classified yourself as being poor from a you know a resource standpoint? Yes. Okay. The answer is yes to that. Yes. All right. So uh, would you say that you're poor right now? No, I'm not. I would validate being poor as not having any money in your bank account. Okay. So you didn't have, <laughs> you didn't have any money in your bank account at one point in your life. Yes. Okay. About how old were you at that time? Mm, uh, I mean, se- several times during, but anywhere from... 24 till 27, I would say that was a reality that oh, I wow. dealt with. Yeah, so that's that wasn't that far away. No. How old are you today? 30, 37. So, so a decade ago, yep, you were broke. I was broke. You were busted. I was busted. Disgusted. Getting declined. Getting declined. Getting declined on the line. <laughs> Getting de- yeah, man. I, I remember that. That's that's humbling. Yes, to say the least. 100. Um, percent And you're not poor anymore. So that means a lot has changed in your life. That's right. So. We've got to find out 
you know, what changed and how you were able to make that happen. You know, uh, I would also ask you another question. At one point in your career as a businessman, did you have a little baby business? I did. Tell me about that little baby business. Two trucks, $479,000 in revenue. Uh, I thought a good year was growing that thing, 100000 to getting 579 was yeah. really excited about that. Yeah, how many people on your team at that point? Mm, like six. Like six. A little yeah. baby team. Yeah, a little baby team. Sometimes there was four. <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might have called in on a specific <laughs> yeah. day. There might have been three. Yeah, there may so have been you, three. you, Tyler, somebody yeah, else. So you and Tyler, right. you guys don't even count. So one yeah. employee sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, a little baby business. That's right. But is that the case anymore? That's not right. That's not, no, it's not the case anymore. Okay, so something has changed. I think a lot has changed. All right, well, we need to find out how. We're going to ask you some questions, and the only thing that we ask is that you're open, honest, transparent, candid with us. Can you can you do that for I us? I will do my best. All right, my man. So I have some, some questions written here because here's what I know is true. People that are listening, they're in the seat that you used to sit in, or maybe they're in a seat that's pretty close to yours now in the business that they're running. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, your thought process and your mindset that helps you see obstacles as the way can help the people listening get to the destination that they want to go to. And if you're listening, I want you to be honest with yourself and think about how you think. That's called metacognition. And if the way you think isn't aligned with someone who has access to some of the things you say you want, man, you've got some real soul searching to do. Right. You want to dig in there. You said something right there. I want to make sure that the, the listeners heard. So think about what you're thinking about. A lot of times we just react and we're impulsive. Uh, we just do what we feel instead of processing thought. And I think that that is an important step that we'll, we need to cross uh, as we continue to walk down this journey. But, you know, all of the folks that are listening today, you know, thinking about what you're thinking about is the first step to making the right decision because there's always a decision to be made. And there's usually only a couple different answers, the right one or the wrong one. And if you can't think about what you're thinking about or you're not processing the information appropriately, you're sure to make the wrong decision, which takes you further away from what you want to achieve. Mm, that's good. That's a jewel right there, thinking about thinking. Um, so speaking of that, when you were poor about a decade ago, um, what did you desire? Money. <laughs> I okay. wanted to uh, relieve stress. You know, being poor is stressful. Yeah. You know, you have. You know, for me in my in my um, in my life, I had a wife and a and a child, right? And so, you know, trying to provide for your family when you don't have any money or everything that you get from an income standpoint goes right out the door, uh, so you can live. You know, for food and and shelter and a vehicle. Uh, man, that's really, really stressful. So, you know, what did I desire? Better days. I wanted life to change for myself. I wanted to do something that allowed me to increase my income so I could remove the stress from our lives and provide my family with the life I felt that they deserved. Yeah, that's really impactful. Okay, so let's say that maybe someone listening is in that lane right mm -hmm. now. What should they do to get more money? right now based off of what you know to be true and then also what should they do to get better days because i think everyone can relate to that yeah i think when it comes to getting more money first and foremost it's about where you're spending your money and uh one thing that made me poor was a poor decision that i made and i bought a condo downtown 
which at the time I thought was the thing to do. And I really liked my condo downtown. It was really nice. It was a two-bedroom apartment. I was only one dude. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't need all of that. I probably could have bought, um, I shouldn't have, fought, first off, bought anything at all. Buying something was the first mistake. And it put me into a poor position where, you know, I was making, uh, I think, about $43,000 a year, which is enough to live on. Absolutely. Uh, but that condo was costing me about fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks a month which is a large chunk of that amount of money. What would Tyler call that? Uh, living high on the hog. High on the hog. That, right? Yes, he would. Uh, and, you know, at that point, it was 2007, and, and uh, you know, buying houses was easy to do, and everybody could get one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, if you wanted it, you could get it for the most part, and your realtor and mortgage worker was going to make it happen for you. And at this point, it put me in a poor position, which, uh, you know, took me through a string of challenges that I probably didn't have to go through. So first things first is learn how to process the information and don't get too high on the hog. Or, uh, you know, my desires at that point were were bigger than what my pocketbook could handle. Mm. And I really wanted to live downtown. I really had this vision that it was where, where I wanted to be, what I needed to be doing. Uh, but I didn't prepare me. I wasn't prepared to for any kind of financial stress that could have come. And during that same period of time, we had a recession, right? So, yeah, uh, so m- money wasn't easy to come by. So I would say, if I w- if you want more money, first things first, make sure you're taking care of your current finances and don't put yourself in a position where the money you do have is is not enough. Okay. Uh, so when did that when did that change? So at one point you were high on the hog, and yeah. then you recognized. This is not where hey, I you leave school, man. And you feel like, well, here it is. I've done what I'm supposed to do, yeah. and now I'm I'm ready I, for the next step. I deserve this. Huh? I, I deserve it, and I'm gonna buy something. Yeah, I'm gonna buy a house. How yeah. many How many people have you heard say that that Everybody. are young? Everybody. I'm young. I want to buy a house. Let me first first example that I can give you is rent your house first. You don't even know where you want to live yet. Don't mm. buy a damn house when you first get started. Rent and find and try some different areas of the city. So you can understand where you want to be, and okay. that was that was my mistake. Uh, and then I would tell you that, like, you know, sometimes the effort you put forth doesn't pay off immediately. Mm. I was fortunate to understand that, uh, and I think it was all the years of playing sports that helped me recognize that. Hey, sometimes you work really hard, but the payoff comes later. And I think we have a lot of people in society today that expect instant gratification. I worked hard today, so I expect to get paid mm, today. That microwave mentality. I worked hard today. I want to get paid today, and I get that. But the reality is, you know, if you're if you're uh, building something, the building's not built in the first day. It's several weeks, months of years of stacking bricks until you finally built something that resembles a building. And I think a lot of mm, times we want to hey. We want to stack a couple bricks and say, hey, look at my building, and, uh, and reap the benefits of the shelter that it provides, but it's yeah. not uh, able to provide shelter. It hasn't been built yet, so you can't reap what you haven't sowed. I like that. That's good, and you, and you may have answered the next question. So at one, at one point when you were, quote-unquote, poor, you thought that buying the condo downtown was a good idea. Yes. So you began at some point in time to think and believe and desire things that were different than that that led you on the path that has you here today. What what was that belief that changed that helped you acquire more resources? Um, that's a tough question because, you know, I think the belief, I always had the same belief, you know, yeah. and I had confidence in myself, and I believed that I was going to be able to do something that was going to 
help put my family in the best possible position that it could be. And mm -hmm. I, so I don't believe that it was the beliefs that ever changed. It's the time that makes the difference. It's the willingness to invest over long periods of time. It's grit and endurance. Mm -hmm. I believe that is the secret to success. Obviously, you have to work hard, and everybody can do it for a day. But can you do it for 10 years? That I think that really is the if you were to like recycle everything back and say, hey, look, uh, were you you know did you know that you were going to be successful? I knew I was willing to grind as long as it possibly took to become successful, mm -hmm. and there was not going to be anything that was going to discourage me. And that that's the that's the trick, right? Because like you know you're in a place right now where you're working to get something that you want. Without a doubt. And there's all kinds of stuff that's going to discourage you or try to guide you and lead you away from what you're trying to accomplish, what belief you have about yourself and about what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think what happens is most people, they feed into that and they quit and they try something else. And what they don't realize is when you try something else, guess what? You start all over again. So like I'd rather just keep putting bricks on the same building and shape it a different way that fits my needs instead of like start to build again from the ground up. Without a doubt. You know, um, what I hear you saying, what I believe I hear you saying is at one point um, you had a mind shift and you went from wanting money to wanting to invest in your virtues like grit and determination, which is what actually helps you move out of that condo and to, to places that would eventually lead you to where you're at today. Yeah, I would say that I didn't invest in my virtues. I, my virtue was that I knew in order to get money, I had to do this for a long period of time. I'm not a quitter. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, like there's not a lot of stuff that you can do to me that's going to make me give up because I believe so strongly in my convictions. Mm. And I think that that's the difference. Most people give up when they face hard things and we're talking about what we would, you and I were speaking about what we could talk about today. And you, you had the idea of asking questions. You know, my nature is to talk about the obstacles because that is what is the thing that deters human beings from accomplishing their dreams. It's the fact that life inserts obstacles in your way to see if you want it bad enough. And if you, if you start to realize that, oh my gosh, these obstacles are in my path and I'm not going to quit, I'm actually just going to run through them, or I'm going to try to move around them, or I'm going to get creative and find strategies to help me like get in front of these obstacles, then you f start finding success right after the obstacle. It's like, uh, but most people never experience that because they feel something hard, like a hard day's worth of work, and they're like, man, this isn't for me. Or they have a financial setback, and they think, oh, I can't do this, I need to get a new job. Or they have um, a hard month, and they say, damn, that was harder than I wanted to work, and I'm not willing to do that anymore. Mm. Um, but, you know, like, I feel like, and I don't know why this is what I feel. I think it's probably the experiences I've had in life. But I think that there's some kind of force that's testing us all the time. And they're tr it's trying to see how how worthy we are of the success that's around the corner. Yeah, And it, it does that by putting obstacles in your face and saying, will you quit? And most people quit, and that's why there's so many, there's such a small group of successful people. Because the average human being uh, either lacks the confidence, the understanding, or the know-how to persevere when they hit adversity. Because, like, they say that death and taxes are the only sure things in life. Adversity is another thing I would add in there. 
Like you're going to face adversity from the time you take your first breath to the time you die. There's going to be things that are going to affect you negative. You know, like when you're a baby, adversity may come for like in the in the way of hunger or not being able to like you crawling and not being able to walk. But like as life progresses, adversity gets harder. And the like the mountains you start climbing, like you start coming across you know, it, like my challenges now are very different from my challenges when I was 25 years old. I would say they're much harder uh, because the stakes get higher. You know, like it, I, that's just what I've found to be true in my personal life is like the thing that's going to get you to the success that you want more than anything is going to be your ability to persevere over long periods of time. That takes care of getting the money that you want. It takes care of getting the success that you dream of. Uh, it puts you in the place that you want. Can't quit. Can't give up. If you do, you you lose. That's the way you lose. Wow, that's huge. I, and I hope that the listener caught that because what you essentially did is you answered the question that everybody has on their mind. I mean, everybody on the planet. So Nathan, make sure they have this in China. They've got it in <laughs> Russia, everywhere, man. Because the whole world is looking for it. Man, what's true? And you just answered that. Um, and you actually even use the word, man, this is what I believe to be true. Uh, so, you know, listeners, please rewind the tape and listen to that again, because what he's saying is that everything is possible for absolutely everybody by way of adversity. That's right. And because of that adversity, you have the ability to apply perseverance to it and get through it. And on the other side is everything you could have ever dreamt of having and even more because you didn't know what was possible. So that, that, that's awesome. You know, Josh, there are three types of people in the world. There are poor people, there are rich people, and there are wealthy people. Mm -hmm. Okay? So a lot of people will say, man, I want to be rich. Can you give us a, a, just a dollar number of, you know, what would you say? All right, this, a rich person has this much money, so people can quantify what is rich. Well, they say that the top 1% of... Um, you know, the top 1% in the world have about $450,000 annually that they earn from an income standpoint. Um, and I think anything between that and, you know, what you would consider wealth, which is about $20 million, I would say, uh, is the how you quantify being rich. 450 to $20 million, you're rich. That's a big gap. That's a big gap. There's a lot of, you know, but, I think that yeah. that's right, though. But is it? But it's fair. You, you can say I'm, I'm rich if you got 450 plus. Yeah, I think so. that's your, uh, I mean, based on what you're t the top 1% sure. in the world. I think that's fair. You know, so if you're listening to this and you're wanting more and money is something that you're thinking about, put 450 on the, on the list because everyone says they want to be rich. Am I right, Nate? Okay, well, unless you have 450, you're not rich. Nope. So continue to level up, and and you answered that question. Wealth is is above uh, 20, 20 m's. Yeah, which that's, is a lot. That's right? a lot. But you know what? The difference between rich and wealth is what your family keeps. Really, at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, twenty million dollars. You can die. You can kind of live your life and everything. And then when you're off this world, your family continue to benefit from the work that you've done. Yeah. You know, because. You know, $5 million is a lot of money, but it's enough for maybe one generation after that they've moved through it. And yeah. That's, you know, they call it generational wealth because it has the ability to, to continue to, like, continue to move past the people that it's currently serving. Sure, sure. Okay, Mr. Heron, you ready for this next sure. one? 
All right, now we're not going to get all the way inside your pockets. <laughs> okay. All right, but uh, we're going to assume that you are, uh, you know, above four fifty. Yeah. You know. Okay. So, what is it? What do you have to sacrifice? Because you were at one point, you had no money in the bank. Yeah, no money. Okay, so we're at at least four fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay. What did you have to sacrifice to get from no money in the bank to four fifty? What do you have to sacrifice? Time. Lots of time. Mm. Tell me and, more. And I think that that's. Uh, you have to sacrifice going on vacation. You have to sacrifice time with your family. You have to sacrifice free time, video games. TV. TV. You have to uh, sacrifice things that sh- your friends are doing. Mm. Um, you know, I, I think it's really about the amount of time that you have available. I think that a lot of people want to be rich, but what it takes to be rich, not a lot of people want to do. Yeah. Uh, because it's not fun. You, you know, know what else a lot of people want? Was that a big ass business like Southwind? Yeah. And at one point, it was Josh, Tyler, and one other guy. Yep. And uh, you know, I would consider that you know the early days. You know, your, the point when you had no money in the bank. That was right. Okay, your business, uh, you know, indicated as such. Yeah. But now, you know, you've you've leveled up. What you have to sacrifice in business to go from three employees, including you and Tyler. To over three hundred, over four hundred. To if yeah, we're being. Let me take a quick step back onto the personal sacrifice that it takes from a time standpoint. I think that like what you have to go through uh, to get to what you would consider rich, uh, and maybe take that past four fifty. I'm not sure if that's a, an extreme. Like, I think there's extreme sacrifice for sure for some people, depending on what their state, their current state is. But I think what you have to go through is a tremendous amount of pain and you have to sacrifice and suffer and that doesn't seem glamorous. I think a lot of people expect to be rich overnight and it doesn't take much and the reality is and for most of us and maybe that's the case for some but for most of us it takes just an an insane amount of just just pure will to like wake up and do it no matter what day it is, no matter the fact that it's snowing outside today, no matter the fact that it's 115 degrees outside. doesn't really matter. Like Environmental challenges can't affect your ability to persevere. And I, I think from a personal standpoint, I, I think that that's very true. And I look at what does it take from a business? To, to, it's the same thing. Uh, but it takes leadership in addition to the sacrifice. Because at four fifty or six hundred thousand dollars in revenue, you can pretty much will it to happen with just you know you can muscle it if you will you know like you got, everybody lifts weights from time to time you know how you just muscle that last rep up yeah, and it's not pretty it yeah. but it gets it gets the job done and I believe that is the case to about two million dollars in revenue maybe two and a half or three million but once you hit that number there becomes a point where it takes so much more than your sheer will to move the business forward, and it really takes planning, preparation, execution, and accountability. Mm. Planning, planning, preparation, preparation execution, execution, and, and accountability. accountability. So your planning and your preparation yeah. is all well and good, but if you don't execute, it means nothing. All right? The accountability is great. Uh, the execution is great, but if you don't hold yourself accountable to doing it every day, yeah. then it means nothing. So you need all of all four of those, and you need them in spades, and you have to repeat them over and over and at different scales, and in ways that people can 
align with the vision and with the expectations and start to be inspired to exceed the expectations. Mm. That's what it takes to build a big business. First, you have to have a vision. This is what I want to accomplish. Then you have to plan or strategize, prepare for it, and then you have to execute your plan. And sometimes you realize that that wasn't a very good plan and you need to go back to the drawing board, which takes more planning, more strategy, and then more execution. And ultimately, it's the accountability or the discipline to make the right decision consistently. Uh, Because, again, like we talked about earlier, metacognition, the right or the wrong thing, having the ability to think about what you're thinking about, you know, like uh, you have to make the right decision consistently over long periods of time. and the discipline to do that is not easy to come by, and most people lack it. Man, this is good. I'm happy, Nate. I mean, this is this is everything. This is everything, man. This is great. So, uh, man, I've got got another question. You know, I'll I'll say frequently. One of the ways that I'll, you know, evaluate whether I'm off the rocker or not <laughs> is it I look around and say who agrees with my thought process. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll ask you, who agrees with your thought process? Who do you look to to kind of measure? Am I, am I on the right track? Am, am I not? Who agrees with Josh Heron these days? You know, it really just depends on my thoughts. And, and I'm looking at if I, if it's a personal thing and I'm talking about parent, parents, I, I use meritocracy. My wife's a more experienced, better parent than I am. So I'll ask her. Am I am I bugging right now that I think I should spank the, my daughter's ass right now because she disrespected us in that yeah. way? And she's like, "Yes, you are. Chill out." Yeah. You know, like, damn. Because if this was a real life, you Man, know, yeah, she's getting like, a She's getting a yeah. yeah, you know. Uh, so, like, I I certainly use meritocracy to to my um, you know I, I use that to help me kind of validate my thought process when it comes to at home being a parent. Uh, also, if I'm trying to be a better husband and I, I'm and still at my at home trying to be a better husband to my wife, I'll ask somebody who I know is a great husband who I validated. There's a guy who comes to mind. Paul Kushner is also uh, a, a friend of mine. Somebody I talked to business about, and he's a CEO here in the area. And man, that guy's a great husband. Like he makes great decisions consistently. He's always thinking about his wife. So I would ask him or pose a question and. You know, he does a great job of loving his wife, and I, I appreciate the way he does that. So, he, he, you know, I think meritocracy kind of guides, you know, good behavior in, the, in that area. And then from a business standpoint, a group of mentors and my business partner, Tyler, he, like him and I bounce ideas off each other every day from the time of 7 to 7.15 when we're getting coffee. Maybe it's 7.20, but the whole car ride there while we're at the, the – excuse me, the Starbucks – on the way home, it's just, you know, what's top it, what's top of mind, and we're just bouncing ideas off each other. And so, you know, I'll say something crazy. And normally, you know, he's very, like, we're both on each end of the spectrum. So, like, I'm generally overly optimistic and um, have the ability to, like, try to find the brightest side of all things. And he is a very balanced uh person who's not overly optimistic and is always looking for the short side like you know the with the bottom falling out what have you know bottoms falling out uh but the reality is meeting him in the middle we find great balance uh and then there's a group of uh other entrepreneurs in the in the kansas city area that i speak with on a a monthly basis and you know i download my my shit to them and i said this is what i'm dealing with you know what's your opinion 
And, you know, true to form, uh, there's some things that I have meritocracy on, and it doesn't really matter what they say. I kind of listen to their feedback, and I still make my own decisions. There's other things uh, that if it's dependent on something that I believe that they're an expert in, then I'll, you know, take their advice. Wow, that's good. So idea meritocracy, which would indicate that you are radically open-minded and you're aware of the fact that you could be wrong at 100%. all times. I, I'm, I, I am wrong at some of the time. Uh, and, and sometimes I'll talk to somebody and ex- think I'm, you know, I'll think that something is the problem that's not really the problem. And after having the conversation, I'm, you know, set straight and like, well, I was wrong on that one. I apologize. And I think that that is a really important characteristic for a leader to have. Nobody wants to follow a guy that knows everything all the time. Without a doubt. Hey, Elijah of the future, call your mom and thank her for not letting your dad give you a spanking every day because he wouldn't ask her if he could. Oh, man. Man, Elijah and Livia, maybe Sloan. No, Sloan. Sloan, she's always good. Yeah, she's she's like JR uh, in, in, in my home. Wow, man, that's really good. I think we gave the listeners an awful lot to think about and process and digest, you know, uh, lots of questions there, and, and if you if you have more questions that you would like to send up, yeah, you know, let me Nathan's- close off by just saying, like, you know, life is challenging, and it's challenging for everybody. And even if it feels like it's easy for some people, understand that it's not. You can look at, you know, either my life or you know Tyler's life, or people who have achieved success, and it may seem like it's easy. The reality is. The level of sacrifice that it takes to be successful makes most people quit. And if you quit, that's okay. It takes all different types of people to make up the world. But if you want to join the exclusive group of being successful, you have to prepare, plan for it, okay? You have to execute, and you have to hold yourself accountable and the people around you. And if you can do that, over a long period of time, and I'm talking 10 years, all right, because it doesn't happen quick, and I don't care how good you are, quick money gets reversed quickly. Eat My brother, my brother Charlie used to say, easy come, easy go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if it takes you a long period of time, understand that that's part of the process, and it's teaching you things along the way. Every bit of adversity, every challenge every win there's a lesson to learn and if you're open-minded and you're listening and trying to find out what it's telling you it'll be easier for you to achieve success in the future there you have it the squeaky wheel gets the grease hey get off the stoop people